You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Declan Mulkin, EMO at Strategic ABM. How are you doing today, Declan? Uh, very well, thank you. And uh, delighted to be here and delighted to be talking about B2B marketing and ABM with yourself. Yeah, well, you know, it's a subject, as I told you in the in the in the, the, the quick intro to what prior to the quote excites me a lot. So, you know, it's 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 gonna be a I'm sure a great conversation. Today we will be talking about modern what modern ABM look like. But before we get into that conversation, would you mind just giving us a little bit of background about yourself and the company you represent, Strategic ABM? Sure. So Declan Mulkeen, I'm the CMO of Strategic ABM, which is an ABM agency based just outside London but with a team of uh, employees and clients all over the world. So kind of one of the kind of very few 100% ABM agencies that exist today, although the numbers are growing as ABM obviously is becoming more and more popular, more and more uh, companies and, and, and people are getting involved. And on a personal note, I've been uh, involved in marketing and actually sales as well for over 20 years. Originally on the kind of client side, working for professional services and ed tech companies. And then for the last couple of years, I've moved um, agency side as the CMO of a, of a marketing agency and uh, based in the mountains north of Madrid. So I have a beautiful view of a very, very tall mountain in front of me. So, uh, yeah, that's me. Well, you are lucky. I'm just, I'm just looking outside. I see a few trees with not a lot of leaves on them anymore. And uh, quite a few cars going on the motorway. So that's, that's not as glamorous where we are, but it's good. Yeah, Madrid is a fantastic place. So you mentioned something about ABM agencies becoming more and more popular, more and more companies, more and more competition. And that's kind of made me think about one of my first questions, which is, you know, ABM was kind of a buzzword in 2018, I think 2017, 2018. We want to do ABM, ABS, account-based selling. We want to do ABX, which is a little bit of account-based everything. But my perception is that the ABM methodology, or even the, the world is kind of losing a little bit its buzz and it's losing its momentum. Would you agree with that? That's a good question, actually. Would I agree with it? I think the answer is no, I wouldn't agree with it. And I think the reason why I wouldn't agree, I think, like it, you're, I think you're absolutely right to say it's a buzzword. I think you're absolutely right to say it's a term that is very much used and overused, perhaps, in many circles. And I think, you know, part of what we try to do at the agency and my job as a CMO is try to clarify a little bit what ABM is and what ABM isn't when it's suitable and when it's not suitable. And I think just like, you know, the term SaaS, you know, software as a service, that obviously as a term that has become incredibly overused to describe almost any type of company. And I think that's very much the same case with ABM. If you go back into the annals of time, ABM has been around in its current form since about 2003. One of the guests on my podcast, actually, Bev Burgess, who's a consultant at ITSMA, she coined the phrase back in 2003 and after having dinner with some people from Accenture and some people from Unisys. And, it, and it's kind of grown over the course of almost 20 years now to where we are today. But when you look at the, the numbers and you look at the, the amount of companies that are actually doing ABM, it's, it's, it's quite evenly split, actually. When we're talking to, to kind of prospects and future customers, it's kind of one-third, 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 i.e. a third of companies are in a mature stage of their ABM journey. One-third of companies are 
at least you know six to 12 months into their journey and then one third haven't started so it shows you that the market is really very much in the growth stage but i think you're right to say with anything that becomes popular and hot and buzzwordy it kind of has some detractors as well yeah. and i think you know my perception of abm is that a lot of people spoke about it but never really ended up doing it properly I'm going to come back to that because I want to speak about solutions as well at some points, but I know there is a lot of automation and tools out there to apparently do ABM at scale and automate the whole ABM process and the more money you strain, the more leads you get, et cetera, et cetera. We can come back to that later. From me, from my perspective, sorry, I think 2020 was the year of ABM, right? And, and let me rephrase that because it's a bit of a weird concept, but with COVID hitting everyone, what, what our clients realize, they realize that the FTSE 150, the CAC, the DAX, the Global 2K, you've got companies in, in those bunch of public companies that you can't address anymore, okay? British Airways, Airbnb, Uber, you know, you know, all the people who are in leisure, industry, travel, industry, hotels, all those companies were probably struggling a lot over the course of COVID, so you can't really sell to them. So we saw around... I guess the, 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 the targetable market or the addressable market of our clients kind of slimming down to probably 80, 70% of, of, of the capacity as it was before. But then what happened is that you still have the same number of vendors trying to sell them stuff and everybody's still got the same target. So everybody was going really hard at that, at that the companies that were left with a, with a potential to buy. And that's why we really saw our clients really to actually trying to put a proper approach in place where trying to get a clear understanding of the accounts to start with, trying to get an understanding of the buying centers, the motivators, and then having campaigns and really putting all the sorts of process behind it. So have you seen that as well last year? Have you seen like a, a kind of ABM re reborn through, through the pandemic? Well, I think obviously we're now October, 18 months since kind of the the seismic event of, of last, you know, January, February, March, et cetera. And, you know, companies had to invest in digital, had to invest in, in non-in-person events. And obviously any type of B2B marketing agency, any type of uh, marketing department, many, many questions were being asked about how can you help us grow? How can you help us engage? How can you help us win new clients? So many companies have done, you know, quite well actually during this whole period because of this shift from in-person sales-led through to a much more of a kind of a digital experience when everyone like myself obviously sitting here at home. So I think we have seen an explosion in, in the use of ABM. We have seen the, the, an explosion in the use of more innovative means and methods and strategies for engaging with target accounts. So I think I would definitely concur, Orian, with what you've just said, yeah. And, and coming back to the point I was making while, while asking that very long-winded question, about solutions and about automation and, and the concept that, okay, results must come because I invested a lot of money in solutions and in tools. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think we can actually automate ABM? Can it be automated at scale? Well, I think, you know, we work with lots of ABM technology partners and we've got great, you know, relationships and we, we know how to use the technology. We know where to use it, when to use it. I don't think that is the case for many people who are attempting either to do good marketing or to good to do good ABM. So obviously, obviously the question here obviously is about ABM, but it's a wider question around marketing in general with MarTech and ABM technology. I think ABM vendors, I think they've done a very, very good job in terms of how they've actually gone to market. 
in terms of how they've actually marketed their own solutions and how indeed they're actually talking about ABM and talking about some of the issues that revolve around ABM and how their technology can solve it. I think the issue with technology, and I think, you know, I remember one of my first guests on my own podcast was Sangram Vajri, who's the obviously one of the co-founders at Terminus. And even Sangram said that, you know, he would not recommend technology to a company starting ABM. Okay. And he said, you know, obviously he's, he said, you know, I'm a shareholder in a technology company, but even I wouldn't recommend technology to a company starting ABM because the first thing you need when you're starting to think about ABM is you need a strategy. So you should always be led by strategy and not be led by technology. I think all the bells and whistles and all the kind of incredible intent data and automation and personalization at scale, all these things that many of these platforms offer or promise, they should be secondary. So the mantra that we have at the agency is strategy first, technology second. And I think if you can have that in mind, and that's that's when we're whenever we're talking to to kind of future customers, we always say to them, you know, let's leave the strategy to uh, sorry, let's leave the technology rather to one side. Let's dig down deeper into your strategy. What are you trying to achieve? Who are you trying to win? Who are you trying to retain? Who are you trying to grow? And let's build that strategy first, because then the technology you can actually layer the technology on little by little once you've got a very solid strategy in place. So that's what we always say to our clients. I guess that's what we're topic of today, which is around the modern ABM. So I guess if, if I was to ask you what does modern ABM look like, would it be personalization first, strategy first, and then bring your technology to do it at scale? Well, I think the te- I think the technology does allow you to deliver at scale. If you think about the kind of the heritage of AB- ABM, mm-hmm. obviously it started as one-to-one, and yeah. one-to-one was basically treating one account as a market of one. So doing everything possible within your means, between your marketing team, your sales team, your wider organization, to either win an account or more often to grow and to retain an account. Because most, an awful lot of um, one-to-one ABM is focused not on new logos, which is obviously very much always you know, an obsession for many sales teams, but actually focused on growing and retaining existing accounts. And that is where really the heritage, the history, where one-to-one ABM sits. From there, obviously, it's evolved over the course of almost 20 years to to embrace one-to-few, which is when you're targeting a cluster of accounts. They have a similar business need. They belong to the same vertical. They have the same business challenge. Or indeed, one-to-many, which is when you're now trying to do ABM at a much wider, larger scale, you know, hundreds or indeed thousands of accounts. The technology can help, of course. But I think modern ABM for us at the agency is much more about how you build an engaging and an impactful account experience that you take that account through that is aligned to the value proposition that you have created uniquely for this campaign and how that account or accounts, how they then engage over a period of time, over a period of and a number of different types of assets, digital assets, physical assets, online assets, offline assets, in-person events, how you take them through what is, in effect, a journey of discovery, a journey of awareness, a journey of education, a journey of influence, and ultimately to to get them to a commit stage where they commit to say, hey, I'm willing to have a conversation with you. I'm willing to learn more. I'm willing to have a half an hour call. I'm willing to join one of your workshops. Ultimately, the goal of ABM is what is that commit that you want that account to do? 
Is it to attend a workshop? Is it to join one of your kind of executive workshops or join some kind of event? If you can, if you can actually design your whole ABM experience to actually deliver on that goal, then that for us is 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 a modern ABM. And I think you know I'd love to at a future date show show your audience some of the kind of the account experiences that we take our clients through. But they, it's the, the technology that people talk about where they talk about oh we're going to run some programmatic ads. We're gonna we're gonna run these ads here, run these ads there. They're gonna be bathed in these ads wherever they go, whether they wherever they're on the Wall Street Journal or the Guardian newspaper, or whether they're wherever they are, they'll see our ads. That for us is not ABM. That's just running some programmatic advertisement, seeing some LinkedIn ads, and hey, download this ebook. Hey, get this white paper. That is not ABM. That's just targeted advertising. So ABM is when you wrap an account in a unique experience that is unique to them, that they say, hey, these guys, they know me. They know they know us. They know our business. They know our sector. They've clearly got something that can answer some of the questions that we're asking at the moment. And that, for us, is what we call an ABM account experience. And that is when you really start seeing clients engaging and you really start seeing prospects engaging. And, and that is when you start having some serious conversations, which ultimately, ABM is about delivering qualified accounts and qualified conversations to your sales teams. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And, and you know, the, the, something that just attracted my attention was at the beginning of your answer here was, was really the, the ABM for net new logo, so acquisition, versus the ABM for existing customers. How do we retain, develop, expand our customers? But sometimes it's not even that, it's also making them feel that they are always the, they are always the best in the market, right? So you, you still... You still, you still get that sort of feeling that you, you just not make a decision and then you just roll on with it, but you keep on being posted about what's going on. And I, I'd like to understand from your perspective, do you see that there is a fundamental difference in, in the structure and the strategy from um, what I would call the, the ABM sales, which is kind of you know net new logo, getting, getting through the door versus ABM customer success? Do you see more people adopting the ABM customer success? You know, going back to what I mentioned earlier about the kind of the the origins and the heritage of one to one ABM. You know, some of the the people that I've spent an awful lot of time talking to about this, such as um, uh, such as Canastra or other large large companies in the kind of the IBMs and the Oracles, and and they've invested an awful lot of time using ABM to grow and to retain their accounts, their customers. And, and, and for many reasons, one, because obviously it just makes perfect business sense. You know, the cost acquisition to winning a new account compared to keeping an account is, is obviously well documented. Also, many companies are very good at selling, but not very good at growing. So I remember, and I, we, this is one of the most recent podcasts that I, I published with um, the head of ABM at Finastra, which is a global fintech company. She was explaining that the um, that their company is fantastic at winning accounts but they weren't so good at expanding those accounts. So they had this classic land versus expand. So they were deploying ABM for the expand part of growing an account because they were winning business, let's say, for example, with their software, they were winning it in one part of the business. But clearly, most businesses are are, are very complex businesses. They, They can have centralized buying departments, but more often than not, they have decentralized buying departments. So ultimately, with ABM, you're looking to to take what you've done well for one part of the business 
which could be you know located in a, in a geographical place or it could be located just in a different department taking that success and saying to the rest of the business hey guys look what this department has achieved look what they've saved look what they've won look what they've earned and then and that is where abm can be phenomenally powerful is is telling those stories and i think a lot of what we do with our clients is 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 building these 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 stories building a compelling story that can be shared internally, building, uh, building a, an account experience that, that can then be adopted and can be then propagated throughout the wider organization to say, hey, we've got this great success happening in one part of our business. Why have we not taken it to the rest of our business? Because ultimately, companies are looking not only to learn from their peers outside of their organizations, but they're also looking to learn at what's working internally. And from your perspective, when you engage with the more uh, customer success journey of the ABM, do, do, do you deal with the same level of contacts or, or do you have a CMO for acquisition and then you've got a head of customer success for the, so, so would it be another function kind of taking that ABM approach within the business? Yes and no. I mean, I think what we try to do with all clients at the very beginning of the process, whether it's net new logo or whether it's a growth strategy or a retained strategy, is get more people involved at the beginning. So to get the CMO to bring the VP of sales, to bring the VP of customer success, even to bring the C-suite from the CEO to the CFO to COO. It's the journey from the beginning. You speak about the journey. We're going to acquire, but then what we do, okay, that makes sense. And, and I, I just recall one, one, one of our you know, most recent uh, customers that we've onboarded, you know, the whole process started with the C-suite. So on the very first call, the CFO was their COO, the CEO, the CMO, and the, and the head of sales. We had the five major pillars of the organization were on the very first call because they understood the importance of this strategy for the for the future well-being of the company. So I think if, if you can get it right from the beginning, and very often we, we say to you know when we're running our our ABM campaigns for our own for our clients. The first thing we obviously do is we do a huge kickoff for the for the entire company, and we make sure that the CMO is bringing these heads of sales, heads of customer success, head of operations, the C-suite, because ultimately, ABM how it differs from anything else is it's it's a company wide strategy. Of yeah, and it, it's it's not marketing and it's not sales. It's actually an organization wide pivot. To, it's, to, a, yeah. it's a team sport. You need feedback from sales, you need feedback from marketing. Marketing needs to drive the strategy. Sales need to be participating. And in fact, you know, the, the, the function that we've seen probably slowing down most of the most of the ABM program that we've been involved in were, were sales. And I think sometimes it's because, you know, as you're right, you're, you're rightly said, if you don't invite them at the table at the beginning and you don't explain to them to them the, the longer term potential or opportunity of doing it properly okay and if you don't have a commission plan that also kind of follow that and you just commission them on net new business and go and you know scalp someone for something that's why you would have you, you would have issues and i think we, we've seen a lot of sales people kind of looking at it as the next glossy thing from marketing and i'm not trying to make generality here but this is, this is obviously something that we've heard a lot and we, we work directly with sales people and of course part of our role which is going to lead me to my next question. Part of our role is to understand the ABM strategy of our customers because part of our role is to have conversation. So we are, I believe, one of the clogs in the ABM strategy. And, and we're a clog that is quite interesting because uh, the concept of progressive profiling, the concept mm -hmm. of picking up information as time goes by. And you know, I'm going to speak to you, Declan, today, and I'm going to ask you three questions. Favorite color, favorite food, what's your favorite drink, okay? 
Next time, that's probably it. If I ask you more questions, you'll be like, okay, let's stop it. You know, you're inquisitive. I don't like it. Next time, I can ask you a few more questions. And I start to build up that profile around you. And, and when we were playing that role, we had lots of salespeople just saying, yes, look, don't waste your time. Get me the meetings. Get me through the door. I'm going to do all that. And then, you know, there is no information living in the CRM system. So really, from my perspective and from what you said, I completely agree with you. It's a team sport. Everybody needs to be involved. And I think you got it right. Getting them in the room at the beginning, almost convincing, making the, the sales team, the CRO ID, as well as the CMO ID, as well as the customer success ID, I think is critical for the success mm. of a company. If not, you will obviously uh, get to a hurdle. So that leads me to my question now, my last one, which is how, which, which kind of important for me because you know we, we at Operatics, we're running a team of uh, SDR, BDRs on demand. How do you see the role of SDRs as part of that modern ABM strategy? Well, I think ABM cannot work without sales. You know, period, as the Americans say. ABM cannot be successful without sales. You either have sales in the room or it's just not going to work. So I think, you know, and I think going back to your point there, Orion, I think one of the issues obviously is the the acronym ABM with obviously the M for yeah, marketing. marketing. Um, and Bev Burgess, who I mentioned earlier, who, who invented the term back in 2003, even she says now, you know, with hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have called it marketing because maybe I should have called it something else. And so when we, whenever we talk to our customers and our customer sales teams about, about ABM, we often talk about it as an account-based strategy. And we talk about it as, as a campaign to win, grow, and retain your most important accounts. So when you talk about it in the language of accounts, sales, whether it's a, a VP of sales or an SDR or an account executive or an account manager, they prick up their ears because accounts is the language of sales. So the key, the key message I always say is make sure that you use the language of sales and don't use, you know, a marketing haven't done themselves any favors over the years, you know, by creating so many acronyms, you know, MQLs and SQLs and, and giving, you know, giving marketing qualified lead to sales and sales say, hey, I don't want this or what is this? And I haven't got a clue what this is. And I've called them and they're not interested, you know. Marketing have done have done have done have done themselves a disservice over the years building this kind of machine, this inbound machine, and you know, kind of ebooks and white papers and all this kind of stuff, and, and generating thousands of leads which are of, of no use to anybody. So, in answer to your question, ABM is only half of the of the coin, without the other half of the coin being the sales team to actually make it all come to life and having those conversations. But everything from as you mentioned from the account selection process at the beginning, that has to be a joint process between sales and marketing where the marketing ultimately choose the accounts or in, you know, in many ABM programs, sales choose the accounts and marketing, you know, validate them all the way through to, you know, understanding the, 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 the value proposition that is being created for that account, the campaign messaging that's being created for that account, having their say about the campaign messaging through to all the campaign assets that are being created, the account experience that is being created. And ultimately, all those conversations that sales are going to be having, feeding all that back into the marketing department or the ABM team, and actually then you know recycling that back in and back out. So I think my answer is that sales is critical to the success of ABM. Well, that's good to hear. So that's, that's, we, we, we believe we believe exactly the same thing. So, so we're getting to the end of the of the session today, uh, Declan. So, so thanks so much for sharing all the insight with us. That was very useful. If anyone wants to carry on the conversation with you or get in touch with Strategic ABM, so 
to get some support in the journey. Uh, what's the best way to, to get hold of you? Well, obviously, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I'm sure Declan Mulkeen, there aren't too many Declan Mulkeens out there. So you'll you'll find me on LinkedIn. And obviously, you know, the agency is strategicabm.com. So type that into Google and I'm sure you'll find us. And uh, if anybody has any questions, please just drop me a line and I'd love to engage and to, to share some more insight with you. Good. Well, thank you so much, Declan. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you, Aurelien. Thanks for all your time today and all the best for the future. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, 